Amen. Thank you, Patrick and Jane. One of the things I, I love the most about the gospel, it means so much, but it's that God has been at work in our lives, and that's what spiritual gifts are about. Gifts that uh, through practice and rigorous training we cultivate, that's why I went to seminary, but then God puts all those together in the mission of his church. And so we celebrate uh, gifts of craftsmanship and creativity. You know, one of the first spiritual gifts clearly mentioned in the scriptures in the book of Exodus, and it's the gift of craftsmanship. The ability to take what exists in this world and to create something beautiful. You'd expect that, it occurred to me, when you realize that God himself is an artist. I drove up M22 with Mary Lynn this week, and I saw the craftsmanship of my Savior. And this morning, we gather and we hear the craftsmanship and the gifting of others. All these things are meant to give us a view of life and of the world and our life, that there is a God who created us to bear good fruit. But our brokenness gets in the way of that. So that God was so moved by love that he redeemed us. That's the gospel. I see it in the trees. I hear it in the music. I celebrate it as we gather together. Our call to worship this morning is, again, a psalm of exaltation, Psalm 57. Uh, let's declare together the praise of our God. I'll begin. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. We will praise you, Lord, among the nations. We will sing of you among the people. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Let us sing to the glory of God. Our opening hymn is number 405. Stand if you're able, O God, our help in ages past.
Amen. Have a seat if you would. A couple of quick announcements. One, it's always a joy to welcome you to worship. We've gathered here in this space and in this time to be made together, as it were, into the body of Christ to give him glory. But also those of you um, online, whether by live stream or by recording, we're thankful that you let us take this moment of worship into your space. Um, I had the opportunity on Friday to visit one of our remote locations, I like to call it, Hardawike Manistee, as we visited with friends there. But there's a gathering there around this live stream, uh, families, neighbors, it's been amazing to me that what happens here touches folks in Hawaii, I'll say hello to you, Honduras, people as well. And who knows, maybe other governments are watching as well. May they hear the good news of the gospel. It's good to be together as God's people. Afterwards, a coffee fellowship, a juice for um, as well, donuts. And at 10.30, I'm going to continue with my regular sort of adult uh, follow-up. We'll have time to uh, think about God's future and good things for us there. This morning, we get to welcome uh, Pastor Jeffrey Hoff. Uh, Jeffrey is, uh, was a classmate of JB's. I began to hear about his ministry through JB. We had an opportunity to have him preach here in Infusion. Mary Lynn and I went up to be with him one Friday in Muskegon. Uh, he has planted a, a mission church, was how you described it, Angel Community Church in downtown Muskegon. And we had a delightful lunch, but a dear and close brotherhood that I'm very excited about. And so I'm glad to uh, share this experience with you. Sometimes pastors look for a way to get out and take a weekend off. That's exactly what I wanted to do. And as we were thinking about what church on planet earth would we want to be at on Sunday morning? Here we are. So we're glad to be with you and Pastor Jeffrey and William. We're glad to welcome you all. Um, Jeffrey will be heading back. His mother was just moved back to Muskegon uh, to be a key prayer warrior for his ministry. He'll also be taking some care of her, but he's thankful for that prayer. So he's, life is always moving, isn't it? Boy. A couple of quick announcements from the slides. We will be uh, collecting donations for a second-hand market. That helps us raise uh, money for missions. Uh, th this afternoon, there'll be a fall family festival. Uh, great time, enjoy the weather, um, avoid the NFL football. All the teams I'm pulling for are doing poorly, so it's a great time to come out and save yourself that heartache. We'll gather for this. And then our Connect card. If you will text CONNECT, the word, oh, I'm sorry, our November 13 uh, Bach. Uh, will be here, another big thing, and then type the word connect, text it to that number. Uh, we can get in touch with you with um, all that is going on and make sure you're aware of that. We're rooted in the faith, and this month we've been looking at three questions from the Heidelberg Catechism. So let us again do these responsibly. They teach us about what genuine repentance is and what conversion means. You know, this is the Heidelberg Catechism reminding us that you may be able to sleep in your garage, but you'll never become a car. Martin Luther talked about how you could sleep in a barn and never be concerned about becoming a cow. 
You can show up in a building and never be affected by the building. You can show up in a church and just be a church goer. The work of God that changes us from church goer to child of God is what these three questions teach us about in the Heidelberg Catechism. Let's begin. What is involved in genuine repentance or conversion? Two things, the dying away of the old self and the rising to life of the new. What is this dying away of the old self? To be genuinely sorry for sin and more and more to hate and run away from it. And then on the other hand, what is this rising to life of the new self? Wholehearted joy in God through Christ and a love and delight to live according to the will of God by doing every kind of good work. I'd like to turn us to the place of prayer and then we'll uh, sing and then some special music. We'll invite the kids forward for that. But let's turn to God and pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for this day. You have made it and we see in it uh, your beauty and provision. Make us mindful as well as the seasons change that there is brokenness, that things live out that cycle of death. But because of your grace, there's a coming hope of resurrection in the spring. Make us mindful to the truth of the gospel that is proclaimed to us in your word and in your world. We pray today for Heart Awake Ministries, for its many extensions and reflections. We pray that you would guide us and help us to be faithful, uh, not only in the position of your truth, but also in the posture of delivering your love. We pray for Watershed and for Pastor Aaron as he preaches this day. For Fusion that will be meeting later today with um, Pastor Jeffrey at uh, 10.30 and for Mission and Pastor Florencio who will be right where I am in a few hours to make plain your glory in the Spanish language. Thank you that you are extending your grace and love and calling all people to new life through repentance, the joy, the love, the kindness, the self-control, the fruit of the Spirit that you were at work to do. We pray for celebration. Father, it's been another week with a funeral. We both mourn and rejoice. So capture our hearts and hold us. We take a moment and we pray. I'm going to ask you to pray for me. There's been uh, so much need. Pray for those in the circle of your relationships who are grieving. There's been some measure of loss. Pray God's joy and comfort. We pray for the sick as well, Lord. Again, just name as they come to mind for you. Those who've had a hard diagnosis who are in recovery or therapy of some sort. Thank you that the brokenness of our lives is touched by your grace in not only how we go through it, but how you set us free in it and from it. Father, we pray too for those in authority over us. Your scripture is clear in 1 Timothy 2 that we pray for shalom and for peace in the land. So in our regular cycle this week, we pray for federal government, President Biden and Vice President Harris, our Michigan senators, Debbie Stabenow, Gary Peters, for our area representatives, Bill Heisinger and Peter Meyer and Fred Upton, and for the Supreme Court, Father. 
We thank you for the ordered federal national government you've given us as an inheritance. We pray for those in authority that they might be found faithful and just and honest. Guide us in this season of turmoil through to election. We pray um, that you would establish, you, you often speak in the Proverbs how even the king will just be as a river in your hand. So guide your people to peace and to righteousness and to hope. We know too, Father, of pressing international. We continue to pray for that church in Ukraine. For others out of the headlines who suffer, <clears throat> but who live in the joy of the Lord. Be grace and strength for them. Father, we pray for a sister congregation, Angel Community Church. We pray that even as we receive the word from uh, their pastor, Jeffrey Hoff, that we might be found faithful in loving and standing and supporting. Thank you that uh, your body ministers together in this way. In the words of Scotty Smith, I would pray in this way, Lord Jesus, without you, we just drift our way through life from mirage to mirage, through side roads and back alleys, all leading to empty nothings and dead ends. But hallelujah, the gospel isn't merely our map in life. It's also our vehicle, fuel, and the driver that will get us home safely. In reality, you are our home, O Lord our God. Now together, Father, with one voice, we pray just as Jesus has instructed his disciples and just as across every culture and across centuries now, we've prayed with that great chorus, we use these words. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Now, I know this is a weekend that uh, a lot of folks are traveling with the school holiday, but I'm going to invite any kids who are with us, rather than the video, I'm going to give you an opportunity to see up close. Um, here we go, Leo Patrick, and receive his ministry. I told you about gifts of the Holy Spirit. What he's using right here is the baritone saxophone. Is that the biggest and the deepest saxophone? They get bigger? Whoa! So I'm, I'm kind of amazed. I always thought the Barry Sachs guys were like there. But thank you for your ministry. I've invited our kids to receive up close and personal. Let's set our hearts to the Lord.
Thank you. Let's take a moment and I'll pray for the kids and send them off and then uh, Jeffrey. Father, we thank you for beauty. Uh, give us ears to hear it, eyes to see it. Most of all, give us hearts to love the beautiful giver of good things, the Lord God. Bless and guide those who minister to our kids. We thank you that you've given us such treasures. Help us see each person, young and old, with the stamp of your image, deeply loved. Fill us with grace for them and for all. We pray in Jesus' name and all of God's people said together, amen. That amen was for you guys. Ms. Janet will head you off. Go ahead and do that. And um, Jeffrey, I'm going to ask you to join me up here so that I can pray for you as well. Thank you. I've introduced some of the biograph and some of those things for uh, Pastor Jeffrey. Let's take a moment and pray for him, shall we? Father, we thank you uh, for your servant, for the way you've prepared him in a real sense for years, even for a moment such as this. Thank you that moment by moment we live in that preparation. We thank you uh, that the anointing is what breaks the yoke. Set us free to love you and to trust you. Bless your servant. Bless your people through him and fill us with great grace, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Good morning. I'm reminded of the story of Jesus when he went on the mountain and he transfigured right in front of his disciples. And I believe it was Peter that made the remark that, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And I just feel that way this morning that those are my words, that is good for us to be here. I thank you for inviting me and welcoming me in this morning. And uh, some of you all that I got to see that gave me what I call face praise. And face praise is when you, there it is right there, that smile right there. And for those of you that welcome me with some face praise this morning. Uh, before we get started, uh, my background, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and I have been ordained in the Christian Reform and the Reformed Church. And so I bring those two dynamics together and sometimes I need a little bit of help from one when I'm at the other. And so every once in a while I might need a amen or I might need a hallelujah. And so we, over the course of time, we've kind of figured out a way of how we can make that happen. And the way we can do that is if I raise my hand, if you would just say amen. amen. When I raise my right hand. Amen. And when I raise my left hand, if we could just say hallelujah. 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 Okay, testing. You know, as we were riding uh, here coming, William and I, this morning, my GPS took me off the road, and I, kinda, I know Holland because I uh, attended Western Theological uh, Seminary for nine years, and I had actually been here about 20 years ago at, uh, which, was it, which year? 
at one of the churches, Watershed, yeah, one of the churches here. So I kind of knew where I was going, but my GPS took me way out the way. And uh, I knew I was out the way, but as I was riding through, it made me think of some memories that I had and about a story that I heard about that word, amen and hallelujah. And it's said that there was a Christian camp at one time, and on this camp they had a number of beautiful horses. And uh, they had this one horse who was just an outstanding horse, and there were some guys there that were there doing an internship from uh, college that year. And so what they decided that this horse was so beautiful, they said, well, we're going to do something different with this horse. Instead of this horse going at Giddy App, we're going to have this horse, when we want it to go, we'll say, And we want it to stop instead of saying, whoa, we'll say, and so they raised and trained the horse, and uh, this is what the horse became accustomed to. Some years later, the uh, camp closed, and so they auctioned everything off, and this gentleman came, and he saw this beautiful horse, and uh, he said, I have to have it, and he bid, and he won the horse. And as he was getting ready to leave, the chaplain stopped him. He said, oh, sir, there's one thing we forgot to tell you about this horse. And he thinks, oh, no. He said, no, this is what it is. Remember that when you want this horse to go, instead of saying giddy app, you just say, Amen. and when you want it to stop, instead of saying, whoa, you say, Amen. and so God, that's a small price to pay for such a wonderful horse. So he takes the horse home and he can't wait. He gets on his riding clothes, puts his hat on, he jumps on the horse and he says, giddy app. <laughs> horse just stays there. He says, giddy app. The horse just stays there. And then he remembers what the chaplain told him and he says, and the horse starts to trot. And he says, Amen. and the horse starts to run a little bit faster. And then he says, Amen. and the horse just takes off in a gallop and he's just running and his hat flies off his head and his hair is blowing in the wind and he's thinking to himself, oh, what a wonderful gift I got, what a beautiful horse this is. And as he's riding, he looks, but he looks up ahead and he sees a cliff. And he's riding straight for the cliff. And so he starts to say, whoa, 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 whoa. And the horse just keeps running and running and running and running and running. And so he gets there. And then all of a sudden, he remembers what the chaplain said. And he says, amen. And when he says, amen, the horse stops on a dime. And he looks down, and there's about a 5,000-foot drop in the cliff. And he's so elated, he wipes his bra and looks up to the heaven and says, Amen. Let's look at our text for today. Joshua 1 and 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Pastor Bill alluded just to a few minutes ago that uh, we just moved my mom here on Thursday uh, and she had long time lived in Las Vegas. She was a long time missionary and she went with the uh, determination that uh, she was gonna save Las Vegas. But this past Saturday, she turned 96. 
And so we have her back home now, and I am excited about the things that we will be sharing together in ministry. And I was at the uh, hospital with her yesterday, and uh, we were talking, and I was helping her eat and do some different things, and it brought back some memories to me. And one of the things that I thought about was back during my childhood, when I was a little child, some of the things I liked to do that my mom would allow us to do. And one of the first things came to my memory was sleepovers, sleepovers. When we would be able to go over a cousin's or someone's house and we would be able to spend the night and be away from home at night or one of them would come over to our house and that was one of my first and fondest memories was sleepovers. And I guess that kind of fueled my uh, light that I have now for travel because I still love to travel. But there was one thing that was very essential and very basic to a sleepover. There was always two basic things that you took with you wherever you went. And that was a toothbrush and toothpaste and clean underwear. Even as I travel today, there are still two basic things that I take with me. A toothbrush and toothpaste and clean underwear. <laughs> I might get in a traffic accident. <laughs> and so those are two of the things that I found that regardless to where I travel, sometime I may be traveling for business, sometime it may be vacation, other times it may be I'm going on a camping trip, I may just be going over to someone to visit someone's house, but the two basic things that I take with me wherever I go, whenever I travel, those are two of the things that I know that I'm going to need all the time. There are two things that I know that are going to be basic that I'm going to have to have and I need to have these things wherever I go and wherever I travel. When we look at our text today and I look at the end of the text and it says that for you to what? That uh, the, the, the Lord your God will what? Be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. The main, one of the main points of the Christian walk is to what? Spread the good news. Jesus tells us in the, uh, the Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. He tells us in Mark 16 and 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're all, we're being told to go. And when we look at this text in Joshua, we see Joshua is being equipped because the father is telling him that Joshua, I'm going to send you wherever you go. You are going to go. It's the basic premise of the gospel that you are going to go, but there's going to be some things that you are going to need to have with you. You're going to need to have that toothbrush and that toothpaste and them underwear. You're going to need to have those basic things wherever you go. And two of the basic things that he tells Joshua that you're going to need when you go, you're going to need courage. And you're going to need to be strong. You're going to need courage. And you're going to need to be strong. 
Regardless to where the, wherever God sends you, regardless to wherever you're going, you are going and it says wherever you go, wherever these wherevers are, wherever life takes you, you're going to need these basics with you. You're going to need strength and you're going to need courage. And so he instructs Joshua and he tells him, did not I command you? Did not I command you to be strong? Did not I command you to be of good courage? Did not I command you? And I thought about my mom. Did I not command you to pack your toothbrush? Did I not command you to have clean underwear? Regardless to where you go, these are some of the basic things that you're going to need. And we understand as people of Christ that God has sent us, that Jesus told us that I will send you. You will be my witnesses. I will send you. You are to go. And when you go and as you travel and as you go through the weird hairs of life, as people and women and men of God, as Christians, as those who have been sent with the good news, that we're going to need to have those basics with us. We're going to need to travel. We're going to need to make sure that we have strength and good courage and knowing that God is with us wherever we go. Amen. I want to share with you a story. One of the many stories from Angel Community Church in Muskegon, Michigan. Lord permitting, and maybe if we're here again this time, next time I'll bring some slides and some other video, uh, some other visual aids that may help, but I just want to share with you a story from my heart about being strong, and of good courage and understanding that God sends you wherever and wherever you go. It was about this time of year. We we're on fall break at seminary. And so I had Monday and Tuesday off and so I didn't have any classes. And as we dismissed church on Sunday afternoon, my thoughts were I was going to go home and this was going to be my chance to catch up on some of the uh, school assignments. As I was walking across the street, I live across the street from the church. I was walking across the street and I heard pop, pop, pop. And I immediately knew that it was gunshots. And my thought to myself was, please let it just be somebody shooting in the air or, you know, or maybe it's a firecracker or something that, you know, I really didn't hear. The area where our church is located at that time was considered the highest crime and most violent area in Muskegon. It was federally uh, designated drug zone. And as small as Muskegon was, we actually had helicopters that would fly over my house and over my over our church at different points during the week. And so I said to myself, I said, well, I'll know if it's something if I hear the sound of an ambulance anytime soon. So I go in the house and I go downstairs in my office and before I could sit down, I hear the sounds of an ambulance. I said, oh no. 
But then it started to get closer and closer and closer to the point where it almost sounded like it was right in front of my house and I could tell it went by my house and it stopped very shortly after. And so I get up and I go outside and when I step outside, I look about a block down the street and I see a crowd gathering. And the worst of my fears has happened. Someone has been shot. And so I go and I walk down there and I look and there's a young man that is laying, he's laying there on the uh, sidewalk. And it was obvious that uh, life had left him. And so I stood for a minute and I walked back home and said a little prayer and just kind of, you know, dismissed it because I had so much schoolwork to do. The next morning, what happens oftentimes when something like that happens, friends or other gang members will gather at the site of the tragedy and they will gather there for several days and have somewhat of a memorial and they'll gather and uh, do various things, but that's what they, that's just kind of their custom. And so I'm, this Monday morning, I'm preparing to do uh, the, for studies and the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he says, I want you to go. Hey, where do you want me to go? I want you to go to that corner where them young men are and I want you to speak to them. I was like, Moses, can you send somebody else? <laughs> you know, yeah, Lord, yeah, yeah, can you, a counselor or, you know, I, I'm still in seminary. <laughs> yeah, you know, send someone else. And the Holy Spirit says, no, I want you to go. And so I finally reluctantly go and as I'm walking, I'm speaking to the Holy Spirit and I'm like, Lord, I, I don't know what to say. I know these guys, and I know that they uh, are not someone to trifle with, and uh, that you, you, know, you just don't go and you don't say anything. And so I get there, and I still don't remember exactly what I said because my words were very clumsy. My words were very clumsy, and uh, I said something, and I know to the effect that we always say, if there's anything I can do for you, you know, just kind of let me know. And the guys kind of told me, well, we know who you are. You know, you're the pastor of the church down the street, blah, blah, blah. And they were, they, 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 they were, they were, you know, polite. And so I leave and I walk away and I go back home. And when I go back home, I realize that I, oh, I need to run to uh, Walgreens. So I jump in the car. I go about five blocks away to the uh, Walgreens. And when I come back from Walgreens, I'm coming down one street and I turn the corner and it's about 30, 40 guys, those same guys are walking down the street. And so I think to myself, I wonder where the heck they going. They turned into my driveway. My wife picks up the phone and she dials 911. But then she thinks about it and she hangs it up right away because she know that for the last eight, 10 years, we had been prophesying that those are our future elders, those are our future deacons, those are the one that Christ has told us to go, that is the one that he has sent us to preach, those are the ones that he has sent us to love, those are the place that he has sent us to be the light in that community. So she hangs up the phone real quick. And if you know anything about that, that only makes it worse. 
And so I turn in the driveway and I go in the driveway and I pull in my driveway and they're around the corner at my back door. And when I pull in, I hear one of them say, there he is. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so they turn and they come back to me. And when they get to me, you know what they said? They said, Pastor, you said, if there's anything that you can do for us, let us know. You know what they asked me? Would you open up the doors of the church and pray with us? Would you open the doors of the church and pray with us? That was their request. That was their request. And so we, we, we have to excuse me because I still sometimes get emotional about this, 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 what, what God does sometimes. It just never ceases to amaze me. So we go across the street to the church and we get inside and I pray. I still don't know what I prayed, but I prayed. And when we're done, they tell me, they said, Pastor, they're looking for me to say something. And so when the Holy Spirit says he, at that time, he'll tell you what to say, he really will be with you wherever you go. This is my wherever you go story. This is my clean underwear and my toothpaste story that I had on me because the Holy Spirit was with me. And so I tell the guys, I said, look, fellas, I got a problem with you all. I get brave now. I got a problem with you all. You know, I came up to the corner where you guys are at, and I mentioned some of the things that they're doing, and I said, but that's not my problem. You know, they're drinking. That's not my problem. Some of them smoking. Well, that's not my problem. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're, 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 it's bad language. That's not my problem. What my problem is this. You guys didn't have any chicken up there. You had nothing to eat. I see you guys up there all day long and you never got anything to eat. I don't drink, I don't smoke, but I eat. Am I welcome? You know, what's the problem? You guys don't have anything to eat up there. And they laugh. And so then I tell them, I'll tell you what. I got $20 on the first bucket of chicken. And so they tell me, they said, Pastor, well, i tell you what. We're going to go back up to the corner. We're going to have a candlelight vigil, and then we'll come back to the church afterwards. So they go, and as soon as they go, I call one of the uh, couple of guys from the church and tell them, they're up here, they're up here. And I tell them, what, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they come over, and to make a long story short, we end up with about, I don't know, two, three hundred pieces of chicken and bread and pop and all kind of stuff that we got. And the guys come back and they just grab the bread and rip it open. And I tell, I'm saying, good thing the kitchen committee wasn't here. I'm telling you, they don't know they'd get their knuckles popped if the kitchen committee was here. And so, uh, you know, we eat and we laugh. And when we're through, I pray. And once again, they asked me to say something. And this is what the Holy Spirit led me to say. Is fellas, I'm not going to preach to you. And I will tell you why. Because how do you preach to people that you don't know? I don't know you guys and you don't know me. But if you are willing 
I am willing, and it was a Monday night, to meet with you every first Monday of the month and that we can just eat and get to know one another. And one of them who I know now is their lead, was the leader, spoke up and said, no, pastor, we don't want that. We want to meet every Monday. For 10 years, we met every Monday. Took a couple holidays off. But for 10 years, we met every Monday. The helicopters are gone. It still has some work. It's no longer a federally designated drug area. The, it's one of the quieter areas. I've had somebody complain because it's too quiet. It's one of the quieter neighborhoods. A lot of the guys that were there at that time have grown up and some of them are, you know, working and doing various other things. Some are, you know, in prison, some are here, some are there. Our work is not through. Our work has only begun. But we have planted seeds. The Holy Spirit has planted seeds. The Holy Spirit has planted seeds that need to be nurtured, that need to be, be tended to. And, and, and we see the fruits of the labor are starting to come and they're starting to happen. And we're starting to see things. And I'm texting people scriptures and I'm texting people at different times and people that have been in prison for years. One of the first places they come when they get out, they're coming to the church. Our county prosecutor and some of our probation officers were calling the church to try to figure out what in the world is going on because we're hearing the name of this church and these people are talking about their church. Be strong and be of good courage because you never know where the we're ever's that God will send you. But the thing that you have to remember that wherever he sends you, he will always be with you. And so when he gives you your strength and your courage, it's your underwear and your toothpaste and your toothbrush. He said that wherever you go, your story may not be like my story. Your wherever may not be my wherever, but it's relative. And so what we see in this text, he says, be strong, be courageous, because God will be with you wherever you go. My brothers and sisters, my message to you today comes from our Lord and our Savior. What Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the name of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And just as our Lord told Joshua that I will be with you wherever you go, Jesus says, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Let us pray. Precious and wonderful Savior, gracious and mighty God, Holy Spirit, our comforter and our teacher. 
Father, we thank you for this day and this hour and this time and this moment that you've allowed us to be in your presence just one more time. Father, we thank you for the power of testimony. We thank you for the power of revelation. Father, we thank you because we know, Father, that you are with us and that wherever our, wherever may be, that you've given us that what we need by your presence and by your word. Now, Lord, now, Lord, now, Lord, we know that each generation needs your revelation, but each one cannot experience the unique events and teachings firsthand. We know that the written form of revelation enables new generations to learn about your revelation and gain strength and courage from it. And Father, we know to know the revealed word requires reading it daily and relying on God's strength and presence to practice the word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I like that. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor Jeffrey, thank you so much that you were, again, willing to go and be in your Jerusalem. And we're called to go. Go means to change your location. So in a moment, we'll change locations from here to our Jerusalem, to our world. May we bring the gospel of God's grace. Hymn number 251 sings a great truth that the church of Jesus Christ is not built on any language or culture or time. It's built on one thing. Let's stand and sing about it to the glory of God.
can give it. Benediction. Oh. But I wanted you to. Okay. I want to send you out with the word that he had for us. Let me get up here so I can see folks. Gosh, I miss seeing them. All authority has been given unto Jesus. Therefore, because of that, go and make disciples of all nations. Teaching, but more than teaching, you're discipling. Teaching them to obey, but more than obedience. Teaching them everything he's taught us, making disciples. And he will be with you to the very end of the age. Amen? And amen. Amen.